Welcome in, y'all. This is episode 100. Um, it's been quite a journey. <laughs> lots of ums, lots of likes. It started here in this exact very car when I was homeless and leaving California to move to Tennessee with really like no plan, no job, no friends, no idea what was happening, just kind of answering a call that I felt God pulling <laughs> me towards a direction that God was pulling me towards and I just walked. I just said yes and went through with it and we're going to talk about that or I guess you're just going to see that unfold. Um, because that's kind of what this live stream channel was, was it kind of started out as episode one of me documenting that journey. And then in the last two and a half plus years, almost three years, it's kind of evolved into more of like a Bible study and a hangout and me sharing my thoughts and me uh, doing like a book, book reviews and me having interesting guests on, cool guests on to talk about interesting things, cool things, insightful things. Um, and I can't thank all of you enough for being here, whether this is like your first episode or you've been here for it all since the beginning or you've gone back and seen it all or listened to it all. Can't thank you guys enough. Appreciate the love, all the support, all the encouragement, everything. You guys are amazing. Um, again, this is where it started and I figured it would be fitting to do this again. Just another stream from the, uh, the old Honda Fit that I literally lived out of in this Walmart parking lot that I also pretty much lived out of for a little over a month, month and a half in uh, 2020, just uh, two months, three months before, you know, the world ended with the pandemic. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it was a pretty eventful time. It's been a pretty eventful journey so far. I've learned a lot. I hope that you have learned a lot from me. You've been inspired by me. I've helped you out in some way. Um, yeah, and this video is uh, its gonna be two parts coming up right now, this stream and then the next one. So it's gonna be episode 100, part A and part B. Um, I spent so much time, like over the course of like the last few months, really editing a really good, awesome stream. And this week, <laughs> my computer made me update, which I never do, I'm that guy who never hits update until I absolutely have to. Of course I update and I now can't access my a bunch of my pictures, a bunch of my old files. I've been able to kind of re-download some of them. And apparently I lost the saved file that had all my episode 100 editing in it. So you're, what you're gonna watch is actually not as good and not as cool as I had. I'm sorry, blame my computer. <laughs> it's always my computer's fault, it's not my fault. This time it actually is. Um, so yeah, it's still gonna be a good episode, clips and highlights and stuff coming up for you here. Um, sorry again that it's not like as cool and as well edited as I'd like, but I uh, hope you enjoy it. hope you get something from it. Thank you for being here for the previous 99 episodes and hopefully you'll be here with, for me for like the next thousand or whatever I do or the next two. <laughs> we'll see how long this lasts, you know, but uh, yeah, thanks again, guys. Hope you have a blessed rest of your night. Um, again, I can't thank you enough for everything you've given me, will give me, all the support, all the love. Y'all are all amazing. Um, God bless. All right, I think this is working. I've never done this before. Sorry if I fuck things up. Um, I'm gonna save it and upload it on YouTube later. Let me get this thing out. A little air freshener out of the way. I am um, in my car currently in Beaumont, California, on my way to Joshua Tree. Heading there for the night. 
gonna go have a um, little hike, even though it's a little cold outside and there's uh, snow on top of the mountains. I am heading to Joshua Tree on a little uh, spiritual quest, a little spiritual journey before I actually leave the state of California for good. Um, moving to Nashville, if you guys don't know, if you guys don't already know. Um, I guess I'll wait a few minutes because I know I have hundreds and hundreds of adoring fans that are going to be tuning into this. Uh, so I'll wait a little bit longer for them, all the adoring fans of mine to show up and pop in. This is kind of the first live stream I've ever done, like for real, on tape. I usually am kind of scared of my face, like showing my face and always just been kind of uncomfortable in front of a camera screen. I'm, I do podcasts like a lot. <laughs> it's easy to kind of just hold the mic up and do some editing and post and uh, not have to worry about like what my facial expressions are saying and matching my like facial expressions to whatever nonsense I'm kind of spewing out of my mouth. But um, so sorry, this might be a little awkward. I'm also like in my car, if you can see this, like literally this tiny little Honda just packed with shit. Just tons of my like fucking boxes of stuff. Pillows, blankets, camping stuff, uh, backpacks, books, it's mostly just books. <laughs> I uh, recently just threw away all of my like material possessions that I didn't really need. A lot of like nostalgia things um, in my life that I was clinging onto for no real reason at all. Kind of been on a spiritual journey to just grow up and you know, I'm kind of connecting with God for the first time and reading the Bible and just overcoming my earthly like beastly carnal pleasure seeking desires. Sometimes I'm going to try to do this live. Um, <laughs> I'm in the middle of nowhere in Joshua Tree. Um, but I realized as I was driving out here after the stream cut off earlier that I forgot to tell this one particular story about what happened to me in Echo Park in LA. I just wanted to kind of end and wrap things up with my final thoughts, I guess. But um, I just, it's just weird. Like, it's weird being on this path, this righteous path now and having like the armor of God. I mean, it really kind of like feels like I have this like spiritual armor just kind of, I mean, the fear is gone. The back of the mind thoughts are there. Like the initial kind of, oh no, I'm getting pulled over by the police. Oh no, the security guard's approaching me. Oh no, these gyms aren't letting me in. It's one by one. I mean, it's, it's wrong. <laughs> the fear is, is proven wrong and God is sending me people to kind of keep guiding me and keep showing me the right way, the right path. and keep pushing me along this journey um yeah it's just wild i i wrote here i just want to read this um and it's very true i was really put a lot of thought into this um so don't think i'm just reading bullshit but i wrote this all started as an escape from california this whole thing just i had to just get out of california i didn't feel like i belonged anymore and it eventually became a move to tennessee I had a lot of signs and just people in my life kind of telling me and pointing me to go check out Tennessee and specifically Nashville in general. But I think now I'm just clearly on a mission from God. I don't know. There's no other way to put it. I mean, it's just everyone, everything is Satan trying to keep me and hold me down and put these thoughts, these irrational fear thoughts in my head. And then one by one, God is sending me these guides, these people to just come and disprove those thoughts. And really reassure me that I'm I'm his child, <laughs> and that's by, by seeking his love and seeking his 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 path. Um, it's the right way. It's the correct way. 
it's wild. <laughs> it's so wild. I just wanted to share that today. I definitely want to share that today and definitely recommend if anyone's looking for a good vacation, Northern Arizona in that whole national forest area, Tonto National Forest and Apache Sit Greaves, Sit Graves National Forest. Um, beautiful places. Um, really cool. I mean, genuinely cool, beautiful place. Boomers, apologize to your children. <laughs> really, truly think about everything you've done, all the harm you've caused to your children and to others. How selfish you've been, how materialistic you've been, how self-indulgent you've been your whole lives, how angry you've been, how fearful you've been of things. And start working on your children, man. Your time's almost up. You don't want your legacy to be negative. You don't want your children to resent you or hate you after, after you're gone. Uh, I really advise you reach out to your children, ask them to forgive you. And my peers, the children of the boomers, we need to, whether that happens or not, we can't wait on that to happen. We need to take charge right now and forgive them. Forgive them for what they did to us and we need to move on. Shit happened. It all happened. There's no taking it back. We gotta forgive them. You don't have to forget. It's forgetting might, might actually lead us to, you know, making the same mistakes later or forgetting about the obstacles that have been caused or have been put in front of us. Don't forget, but definitely forgive and move on and improve and work hard and life will be good. <laughs> yeah, it starts with faith. It always starts with faith, belief in God, the higher power. It's going to start motivating you. And then he'll radiate that back to you. You'll start feeling it too. It's undeniable. You'll start feeling it. Um, be loyal. Stick true to your word. If you make a contract, you sign a contract. Even if it's bullshit, just follow through with it. Obey your orders. Obey the law. Give Caesar what Caesar's. Let the government, let the people in charge fucking be miserable and <laughs> indulge in their material wealth at your expense. But just stick true to your contracts. Be true to yourself and you'll see really good results after that. And just remain hopeful and optimistic. It will really, it will really, really solve a lot of your problems. Just that. Just cut the despair out. Cut the, you know, cut the depression and all the bullshit out. Ask God for help if you need it. But cut the fear out cut the pain out don't linger in it be hopeful and optimistic because things are about to get really interesting and then really good i know it i know it you know it if you're not in denial or you're not still addicted to porn and drugs you know it you know it but as always i wanted to kind of start by reinforcing my pillars my three pillars that kind of guide my life faith loyalty and hope you'll see it on my bios and on everything it's on my chain around my neck I keep those three defining pillars in the front of my mind from now on and kind of let those three things guide me and lead me. And it's led me in such, such a good direction, such a positive direction, guys. Keep the faith first. Talk to God. Pray to God. Be in touch with God. Um, he'll show you the rest. It's so much easier to start there. Be loyal. Stick true to your promises. Stick true to your word. Don't bail on people. Even when the going gets tough. Um, Remain true. Stick through to your contracts. Pay what you're owe. Pay, pay off what you owe. I mean, do the things that suck to do. They suck to fucking do. It sucks to pay your taxes. It sucks to follow the laws. Um, it really is... It's it's tough. It's tough, guys. I know. It's tough. <laughs> I'm not sitting here in denial saying it's not easy to like follow through on your word and your promises, but make it as strong as oak or whatever that saying is. Make your word strong. Make it matter. Make it meaningful. When you say you're going to do something, follow through on it, and you'll reap the rewards for sure. It's not going to be instant sometimes. It's not going to be fun to do. 
uh, but it will, it will, you'll reap the rewards. And be hopeful, hope is the last pillar. Stay optimistic, cut the despair out of your life. It's hard to do too, it's really hard to do, especially when Satan is just attacking you from every direction. The elements are attacking you. Circumstances of life are just always after you and keeping you down, dragging you down. Uh, just stay true, stay true, stay positive, stay loving, stay hopeful. Cut the despair, cut the negativity out of your life, and it'll it'll seep in. <laughs> the happiness, the love, the compassion will just seep into your life. It's uh, truly mind blowing. It's truly mind blowing. A year ago, Sean would just look at all three of these things and just go, eh, "Fuck it, fuck, fuck that. It's too much hard work. It's not gonna pay off. It's not gonna be worth it." You know, oh, fuck, fuck God, fuck everything, fuck, blah blah blah. God isn't real. This stuff isn't real. And I've given in, and it's glorious, guys. It's so glorious. It's unreal. It's so unreal. Um, but yeah, it'll lead you to, to be good, do good, have good things happen in return. Um, love people, love God, and you'll find love. You'll be loved, and you'll find love. I'm seeing it now for the first time. People look at me with respect. People look at me with love. I can feel it in hugs. People are hugging me goodbye and wishing me good lucks, and I can feel the love coming out and radiating out of their bodies. Whereas before, it just kind of felt like emotions. It kind of felt like something you do to be nice or something that is expected. But people hug me now with love, and it's because I'm loving. I'm a loving man. I'm a loving person. I'm giving love. I'm radiating love, and I'm getting it in return. And it's what life's all about, guys. It truly is. And so I kind of got a lot. I kind of got a big, <laughs> a big rush, a big taste of Nashville right away. It was awesome. Um, yeah, and it just feels so right. It feels so home. <laughs> I feel home, <laughs> um, which is weird because I'm homeless. I am now homeless. I lived in a hostel for five days and, or for four days, and now I'm living in this. This is my house. Welcome. Welcome to my crib. <laughs> this is my crib. Let me let me give you a tour. There's a back seat. There's the driver's seat. There's a passenger seat. There's food down there. Um, there's blankets back there. Clothes and necessary stuff in the back. Um, I put all my stuff into a storage unit. All the books I had and bags of like extra clothes I wasn't going to use for a while in there. Um, shoes I wasn't really using. Um, and like a little storage unit. There's some people I've kind of talked to here in the area who've offered me help and support and I love them for it, but um, I kind of need to do this on my own. <laughs> it's weird. I need to be homeless for a while to truly let it sink in that you know material possessions and material, material wealth is uh, unnecessary, that I can get by without it, that I just need a, a gym to work out at and take showers at. A job to work hard at and prove my you know prove my loyalty prove my strength prove my um, my value <laughs> that I have value to others and be rewarded financially for that compensated for that and just live just eat eat cheap food that's fairly healthy um, eventually I'll have healthier food when I can refrigerate things and eat things up um, but yeah, just kind of the small things, drinking more water, eating less, you know, finding warmth when you can, how you can, living in a small space, you know, this unnecessary extra space in your life um, isn't necessary, isn't needed, and 
yeah, we'll figure things out, guys. <laughs> we'll figure things out. But for now, I'm a, I'm a homeless podcaster. I'm a homeless live streamer, guys. Uh, how many of those are there out there? I don't know. Probably not many, but it's humbling, but it feels right. It feels good. It feels like kind of a fi- like a, one of the final steps on my mission to truly being in touch with myself and being in touch with God and finding my finding my path and finding my mission here. And it just feels right. It feels right to be homeless in a weird way. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so like happy and appreciative of being homeless. It's kind of kind of wild. I would never have expected that <laughs> before. <laughs> it's so crazy. I'm gonna title this "Happily Homeless" because I am still homeless. I'm still living out of my car here. This is my home. Welcome to my home. Um, laundry baskets in the back right here. I got my little dirty clothes right there, and you can see my bed right here a little bit. Um, my seat's down. I got my I sleep right here with my beddy, my bedsies, my sleeping bag, and my pillows, and my blankets. And um, it's weird that I'm happy. <laughs> I'm homeless for the first time in my life, and I'm truly happy for the first time in my life. It's so wild. It's so crazy. But um, yeah, just in general, um, I'm homeless, but I'm still hopeful and happy. Uh, the big man, the big man upstairs, has big plans for me, and I'm just on the first steps right now of the staircase. So I finally got my life in order. I finally got everything ready. I finally took the initiative to start caring about myself and start caring about where I'm going and how to get there. And, you know, I finally found the staircase and I finally picked up enough motivation to just start walking up it. And I still got a long way to go. I still have flights and flights and flights of stairs to go, guys. I'm not perfect in any way and I'm still learning and I'm still progressing and improving every day. But I'm actually on the staircase and I'm actually headed in the right direction. You know, I'm putting in the work and taking the steps necessary to get there, (laughs) to get there eventually. Um, Overall, I'm thankful for all my, all my blessings in life and I'm excited for what's next. So even though I'm homeless right now, everything is working out great and life is good. God's amazing. He's amazing. (laughs) And Everything that's going to come is going to be awesome, no matter what it is, and I'm happy for it. Um, I touched on doing your job and just being responsible. Um, I never was. I was a piece of shit. I was lazy. I was selfish. I was pleasure-seeking. I was just an angry, sad, angry little boy who didn't want to grow up and be a man, and now I am, and I'm truly happy, and people love me, and people care about me, and people are happy for me, and... It's the first time in my life I've had that. <laughs> it's the first time in my life I haven't had anger seething through me all the time. Uh, not judging others and I'm just loving people and being loved. You've been thinking that the more you have, the better you are and the happier you'll be. <laughs> Does that ring true to you in your life? You've been thinking that the more you have, the better you are and the happier you'll be. Does it? Does it ever? (laughs) Does it ever make you happy? All the stuff, all the comforts, all the pleasure, all the temporary security and safety and stuff around you? Does it ever make you happy? Does it ever fill that hole in your heart? (laughs) You think that it makes you happy. You're special, not because of what you have. You're special because of who you are. You are mine. I love you. Don't forget that, little friend. Don't forget that, little friend. 
It felt good to be in the house of his maker. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I've had it both ways and it's not. Yeah. A lot of stuff and a lot of not of stuff. When you have a lot of not of stuff, I think the happiest period of my life is when I first started these live streams. Like if you want to go back to the earliest streams of this feed, live stream like one through 10. When I was like literally homeless, I didn't have a job. <laughs> I didn't have, I like moved away from California. I was moving to Nashville where I'd like never even been before. I didn't know anyone here. It was just me, a car full of like books and clothes, no job, no apartment, like $2,000 total money in my account, <laughs> like total. I was like how much money I total, had in my life entirely moving out across country in a car, living out of it for a month and a half, like, Doing laundry at a, a broke, busted down uh, laundromat, waking up in my car every morning, freezing cold in the winter, and uh, going to a gym to take showers, <laughs> to go work as a janitor at a church. Um, I think that might have been the happiest two months of my life. <laughs> going to bed every night with nothing, being like literally unable to spread out my legs because my car was so small, sleeping in the back of a cold car in the winter in a, par a Walmart parking lot, and praying to God every night and thanking him for everything he's blessed me with. I think that was the most happy I've ever been. <laughs> um, and you can see me talk about that on that journey uh, from live stream like one through seven, one through nine-ish, that area of my live stream feed. This is live stream 52. So yeah, if you wanna go back on my feed and listen and watch me, um, just awesome smile on my face. From a man who had nothing, <laughs> no safety, no security, no friends, no family. Well, at least where I was going forward in my life. Like I had friends, I have family, but I was leaving them behind to go somewhere where I had no friends, had no family, no job, no place to stay, no place to shower, no place to clean my clothes, no job, living in a car that I couldn't even stretch all the way out in that was cold in a Walmart parking lot. Um, that's probably some of the happiest months of my life. <laughs> Hopefully that's not it hopefully you know 50 years from now i don't keep saying that <laughs> like hopefully this changes and it's like my wedding day is the happiest you know day of my life or period of my life maybe when i have kids maybe as i'm like watching my kids grow up those will be the happiest days of my life i hope <laughs> i hope and i anticipate that's going to be the case but for now at this point in my life the happiest period the happiest like two three month period of my life was when i had nothing when I had no safety, when I had no security, no stuff, no material possessions, no ease, no comfort. Like I had to wake up, I had to grind, I had to start door dashing and working as a janitor um, to kind of like get get my feet up, <laughs> to get, to pick myself up by the bootstraps and get my feet moving and, and shucking and jiving, you know, and figuring stuff out. And all along the way being just trusting and faithful in God. And really, truly, I think, having a spiritual connection with him. Um, I think that's kind of the point of fasting, you know, physical fasting through uh, hunger, to, like deprivation, but also just that, taking away the comforts and the security and like practicing discomfort in your life. There's something about that that brings you spiritually close to your maker. Eli says, <laughs> you don't need your stuff, you know. You don't need that stuff and it will not make you happy. So yeah, I think some of the best times of my life was when I was in that really uncomfortable period, living homeless out of my car, moving to a new city where I didn't really have a lot of money. I didn't have connections at all, no family, no friends, nothing really lined up. 
and just took a leap of faith because I felt God calling me here. Now it's clear why. It's starting to become very clear why and for what reason. And the future seems obvious now that I look back on all my question marks as to like why God wanted me in Nashville, Tennessee. But now I'm starting to see why. And just that whole journey here with nothing, with no pleasures, no, no material possessions, no comforts, no ease, you know, lacking all that stuff um, really brings you close to your maker and the purpose that you were designed for. So yeah, mini ran over. <laughs> but yeah, I have a Samsung, but it's a knockoff. I think it's a Noteo, <laughs> Nokia, Notia. What's up bears, founders keeper, what's going on? Shout out DLive watchers and YouTube watchers and everyone on Instagram watching this live. Thank you for tuning in. Again, this usually happens on Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. Central, but this is a weird week and I'm doing this now, doing it live on a Thursday night. Um, oh yes, you will have many happy days ahead. You just were that happy because you only relied on our father. Yes, amen, BRB, amen. Yep, I had to learn that when he put me in bed going on three years, I'm sitting up and walking some praise God for each day. I'm totally in God's hands. Yeah, <laughs> nothing like something like that that will make you appreciative of everything you do have. You know, when God takes something away from you, you start becoming more appreciative of what you still have or what you did have or what you will have in the future. And it will start focusing you not on the here and now of this place, the temporary things and the materialistic life that you have in this place here and now and start preparing you, your spirit and your soul for the eternity to come, the bliss that is to come in your eternity. Um, people want to say, why have you cursed me when God takes stuff, something away from you or puts you in a bed, you know, <laughs> bedridden. <laughs> um, it's easy for you for your flesh for your fallen state mind and, and body to think why god why have you done this to me but when you truly embrace it when you truly trust that you are in god's hand and that he has a special unique important meaningful plan for your life and for your soul um being bedridden becomes a blessing <laughs> in a weird way and if you just are talking to someone who has no spiritual connection with god that sounds insane and crazy and those who know and trust and love our Lord and our Savior know exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe not. I might be rambling in a weird way here, but the less you have, the, the closer you are to God. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get it. BRB gets it. Everyone's getting it. We get it. <laughs> I don't need to keep rambling like that. But yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, Matthew 5 3 states blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven before God made man upon the earth he first prepared for him by creating a world of useful and pleasant things for his sustenance these were simply called things they were made for man's uses but they were always to be external to the man and subservient to him T.R. Dale says banana. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. I do believe that means we are working live here. In the deep heart of the man was a shrine. In the deep heart of the man was a shrine 
where none but God was worthy to come. Within the man was God, without a thousand gifts which God had showered upon him. But sin has introduced complications and has made those very gifts of God a potential source of ruin to the soul. Our woes began when God was forced out of his central shrine and things were allowed to enter. Within the human heart, things have taken over. We find ourselves naturally in a state of spiritual trouble. We find ourselves naturally in a state of spiritual trouble. We have an urge to fill our empty hearts. Without God in our hearts, we replace him with the things we begin to covet and idolize. And we tend to do so with a deep and fierce passion that should be put towards our Father and His will. Our things have become necessary to us. Our things have become necessary to us. A development never originally intended. In our hearts, God's gifts for us often take the place of God Himself. In our hearts, God's gifts for us often take the place of God himself. God's son said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever, whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. There is an enemy inside of us when God isn't. To allow this enemy to live within us is in the end to lose everything. There is an enemy inside of us when God is not. To allow this enemy to live within us is in the end to lose everything. The way to deeper knowledge of God is through the lonely valleys of soul poverty and a rejection of all things. The blessed ones are the blessed ones who possess the kingdom are they who have repudiated every external thing and have rooted from their hearts all sense of possessing. These blessed poor are no longer slaves to the tyranny of things. These blessed poor are no longer slaves to the tyranny of things. They have broken the yoke of the oppressor and they have done this not by fighting, but by surrendering. Though free from all sense of possessing, they yet possess all things. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Become a man now <laughs> that is wholly surrendered. Now go do it. Become a man who is wholly surrendered. A man utterly obedient, a man who possesses no thing, a man truly who has everything when he possesses nothing. This doesn't mean to throw everything away and sleep on the streets like a homeless peddler, panhandler. This does not mean to throw everything away and sleep on the streets, but it does mean to view all of your things as temporary, useful to you currently, 
and not yours or necessary to your life. Even your own children must be viewed as the property of God. Even your children must be viewed as the sole property of God, with you being the temporary provider and protector of them, not actually your property or possessions of your own self. We are often hindered from giving up our treasures to the Lord out of fear for their safety, especially when those treasures are loved, family, and friends. But we need have no such fears. Our Lord came not to destroy, but to save. Everything is safe which we commit to him, and nothing is really safe which is not so committed. Everything is safe which we commit to him, and nothing is really safe which is not so committed. Yeah, I'm telling you, this book packs a punch. (laughs) This book packs a punch. Who was I before Christ? I was a born and raised liberal atheist. My family, my peers, my schools, my cities, my TV screens, all my environments convinced me that God was not real, that religion was fake and just used to control people. And that communism, socialism, or just, you know, general liberal earthly ideologies were not only reasonable and smart, but apparently true and good. I believed that this life in this place was all we had, and that utopia must be sought out as an individual and as humanity at large. I was raised poorly, without discipline, without attention, with boomers as my authority figures. So, of course, I became a liar, a cheater, a deceiver. Um, I became lazy, entitled, greedy, and selfish. I did whatever I thought would make me popular. I sought out temporary pleasures and desired to have a wealthy lifestyle in my future and obtain high-status roles in my life. My parents divorced when I was age nine, and it made me extremely angry and sad. I would act out in school or in public for attention causing problems and getting in trouble just so my parents would notice me, even if it was negatively, instead of, focus, instead of them focusing on their own selfish lifestyles. I enjoyed being with my father more, but the outcome of the divorce placed me in my mom's house, and she was not home very often while, while working full-time and partying with friends afterward, after her full work-time schedule. I learned to just watch TV and sports, play video games and entertain myself to just keep myself happy while my family members ignored me. I went on to play sports and had some friends. I was naturally really good at sports and spent a lot of time practicing while other kids didn't. This gave me early advantages and success, but I eventually gave up pursuing it seriously out of a lot of various events that occurred along the way. Injuries, drama, lack of motivation, A strong desire to have fun instead of working hard. I kept playing and watching, though, because that is what my friends and my peers did. I just kept pursuing activities and games that would make me happy, just temporary and fleeting feelings of joy. My friends and my classmates eventually became party kids in high school who drank and played beer pong on the weekends, and that eventually led to smoking weed and exploring other drugs when I finally moved on to college. 
I did mushrooms, acid, drank a lot, smoked a lot, smoked a lot of weed often. I womanized. I became a slut maker, hooking up with tens of women hundreds of times. Spent most of my time and energy trying to hook up with girls more often. This lifestyle, of course, made me emotionally unstable, aggressive, physically weak, broke, depressed, and spiritually broken. I got cheated on by multiple girlfriends, and after moving to San Diego and experiencing the hookup culture there, I became used to using women. I felt like they weren't special or meaningful, that they weren't just objects to be used for my own pleasure, and thought that if I invested seriously in them, that I would just hurt myself in the end. When I couldn't use women as objects to pleasure myself, I became addicted to pornography and masturbation. The smoking weed and drinking addictions became serious, because of course, uh, although I did a good job of hiding it all or justifying it all to those around me, my new friends and coworkers in California and my mostly liberal and atheist family that had moved out there, I just hid it all from them. And it ruined me. And it caused me to become worse at everything. I cheated, I lied, I stole, I wasted my money on stupid and temporary things. I threw away my best years playing video games and having fun at bars. When it all started to crash down on me, because of course, <laughs> when it all started to crash down on me, when my credit score reached the low 400s and my debts reached the tens of thousands, when my good friends started moving away and the friends I had left in San Diego only enjoyed partying with me, when the girl I thought would be my wife one day finally broke up with me, and when I realized I was a college dropout making minimum wage at an unnecessarily stressful job, I made the decision to end my life. I figured that I was only heading downhill from that point, and that I hadn't really done anything too bad, that my legacy would be fairly good, that I wasn't leaving behind a wife or kids of my own, and that I thought it would just make some people sad for a little bit of time. I thought that I could just end it all and enter into the blackness of death, the nothing that it, I thought was what happens after this life. I gave away some valuable possessions. I cleaned up my personal belongings. I threw away a lot of clutter and mess, wrote letters to my family members, and decided to take an Uber to the top of the Coronado Bridge in San Diego and jump off of it. When I got into the Uber, completely ready to end my life in about 15 minutes, the man, or the angel, whatever you want to call him, that was assigned to pick me up that day, made me smile, laugh, think about my life, and convinced me to finally grow up and overcome my parents and become the man I was made to be and step forward into my destiny instead of ending it right then and there. He told me to look up Jesse Lee Peterson, and before I knew it, we were crossing the bridge. And I was being dropped off on Coronado Island. I sat on the beach for hours, looking back at the city skyline with my feet in the sand, thinking about life and all of life. My life and all of life. All of existence. I realized without a doubt that day, without a doubt, that God was very real and that he sent that man to pick me up that I had some sort of purpose here still left to accomplish, and that God needed me alive. It took me a few more months to finally open up and read the Bible. I was still doing bad things, overeating and being lazy, masturbating to porn, lying, cussing, smoking and drinking. But I knew God was real. 
One night I hit a low point and decided to just reach out to God. I closed my eyes and I genuinely placed my heart into his hands. I asked for forgiveness, authentic, genuine forgiveness. I submitted to his will and became an obedient servant of his. I asked for his help in overcoming my addictions and my passions. I asked for guidance and for mercy for all I've done wrong. He did so and much, much, much more. After my prayer, my first ever prayer, I opened a copy I had of the New Testament and began reading. Once I read, once I got to chapters five through seven of Matthew, it was just over. <laughs> it was just over at that point. I couldn't stop reading. I couldn't stop thinking, who hid this from me? <laughs> and why did I deny this for so long? It's so true and it's so beautiful. I began praying regularly and asking God for help in overcoming my fallen state and to show me what I needed to do. I placed my complete faith in him and began seeking all his right ways. I became entirely obedient to him and sought a connection to my creator inwardly and constantly. I began having dreams for the first time in my life, very intense and message-filled dreams, and felt the call to clean up my life and move. I made a vow of celibacy. I quit smoking cigarettes, then alcohol. I stopped lying and cheating and stealing entirely. I got a job and a side job and began working to pay off my debts and fulfill all my oaths and contracts. I wanted to move to Texas or, or Idaho, but God kept showing me Nashville. In dreams and moments of silent prayer, and in my life happenings, I just kept being shown Nashville and called and led here. I'd never been here before. I knew nobody from here or living here. I had just no connection physically, earthly, in the earthly sense to Nashville. But I just felt overwhelmingly called to move here and as fast as possible. I went to my parents and forgave them and shared my love and respect for them, despite how much they failed me as a child. I let go of the resentment and the anger I had towards them for failing me and truly found the peace that I had realized I was lacking for 28 years. I began forgiving all people after that, all of my enemies and all who have wronged me or in the past or in the present. I continued working hard, sobering up, cleaning up my act, and my life, and eventually just packed a small car up with some stuff, left my friends, my family, my job, my possessions, my whole lifestyle behind in California, and went forward into a completely new life, and a born-again life in Tennessee. On my channel here, the Sean V. Planet channel, we are watching or listening to this right now, on YouTube, BitChute, or podcast apps, wherever you're watching or listening, you can experience that day, that exact day that I left California. Live stream number one on this feed. If you go all the way back, this is what, live stream 59? Yeah, 59. If you go all the way back to number one, you can see the very first day I was in California and leaving it. Live stream number one was recorded from my car in a parking lot somewhere in between Los Angeles and Joshua Tree. I streamed my journey and happenings from that point on. 
my life, my new life that I was adventuring into, the destiny I was walking into, being jobless and being homeless, but being happy and excited for what God had in store for me and slowly sharing my life and what I've been learning and how much I've been growing and building since then on this stream with you guys here. I moved to Nashville where I was homeless for a couple months. I found a job at a church in Brentwood, then an apartment in South Nashville, made friends along the way, went to church for the first time and continue doing so, found many different Bible study groups. Some I've left, some I've joined still and go to today. Four different ones throughout my week regularly right now. So many inspiring and informative people. I have mentors, true friends, and I very likely found my future wife and mother to my children, all because God brought me here, and all God willing. Our Heavenly Father prevented me from taking my own life, and Jesus Christ, His Son, showed me what was necessary to be born again in His Spirit and truly be saved. He opened and continues to open doors for me. And I find the blessings in time as I continue to walk forward into them. As I continue to place my faith in Jesus, he leads me to the right places, to the right people, to the right environments at exactly the right times. Although there are difficulties and hardships along the way, and I'm still a work in progress, still, I probably never won't be, and... Through it all, Christ has been my North Star, continuing to just guide me towards peace, rest, truth, and love. That only a spiritual connection to God, our Father in Heaven, can provide. I am now three years celibate, two years sober. My credit score is back to a very good standing. My debts are being paid off and should be around the new year. I have plans to have many kids build and maintain a farmstead, minister to anyone and everyone I encounter, and to be a reliable, productive, valuable member of my community. I can see reality clearly. I wear the armor of God and fight off spiritual attacks constantly. I have justified confidence in my life and in God's plan for us all. I am truly happy, honest, hardworking, hopeful, and loving now. I know the truth. I have peace in my heart. I fear not. I truly do love people, all people. And it was only, and could only, have been given to me by the salvation afforded to us all through Jesus Christ, through faith in Jesus, the Son of God. The gospel is salvation for sinners. I once was completely lost and broken, and now am entirely fixed and found. All of the thanks are to God. All of the thanks be to God. I could have done none of this on my own. I wouldn't be here on my own. I wouldn't have been here for the last two and a half years on my own. The mission I now have is to share this with others. Continue to grow spiritually, learn God's word, and be a lighthouse of truth and love, shooting out into the darkness of this temporary world. 
I am constantly seeking to reach young men who are like who I was and show them who I became thanks to the gospel. I know that God needed me alive to carry out his will, to disciple and to be discipled, to spread his word and to help build his kingdom step by step. And I am not going to fail him. (laughs) I am not going to fail him. So when we think about Paul giving his testimony in Acts 25 and 26, what I just read, we see who he was before Christ, how he met Christ, who he is now in Christ, and why and what he does now. When comparing this to myself, I was a sinner, a blasphemer, a degenerate, doing bad things in an evil world. I met Christ following a divine intervention on my trip towards physical death. Through inwardly seeking him with silent prayer, humbling myself, becoming obedient, hopeful, loyal, and faithful, I met and encountered Jesus. Now in Christ, I am a man of God, seeking righteousness daily, building, growing, improving my life and those around me sacrificially, spreading the gospel with stories, words, fellowship, and actions. What I do now is I make podcasts, live streams, blogs, devotional reading videos, all to spread God's love and truth to all who can or will listen. I seek to network locally with believers of all denominations to advance and build God's kingdom, starting here first. I am inspired every, every single day to be a kingdom builder because every single day is one that I shouldn't be here. Every single day is one that God gave to me and to us all. And we should repay him with obedience, trust, worship, and love. Genuine obedience, trust, worship, and love. I was a sinner. I was lost. But because of the gospel, I am now found. I am now saved. You can be too if you haven't already. It's never too late. Yet. Yet. So why are there people out there who are resistant to the gospel? Maybe you listening right now are one of them. Why is it that you are so hesitant to place your trust and faith in the time-tested good news of salvation? Why are people so willing to reject the free gift of an eternal salvation? so willing to ignore the obvious solution to their problem of suffering? Why can't all these non-believers make the necessary leap of rejecting their temporary lives and enter into a forever after of pure love, truth, and peace? It's because these people have been made sorrowful to the news of having to repent. The news that they must turn away from their current lives and give up their possessions and pleasures of now and head into a new life that requires a change of heart and a change of behaviors. 
There is just too much regret at the consequences of recognizing the depths of their sin. There is a fear in the unsaved heart of having to repent and turn away from what they know and have in order to enter into an eternal salvation and a reward that exists beyond this life and this place. And to put it simply, Satan, the great deceiver, the evil one, hates repentance. Satan can't stand a comeback story. All of the work he put in on me, to think back of all the work that Satan put in on me, all of the evil he led me towards and into, it all disappeared when I repented and gave my soul back to God and to his glory. When I slip up, when I sin, even to this day, I make sure to repent quickly, often, and genuinely. Satan no longer has a hold on me. I'm no longer a slave to sin. And that makes the evil one very grumpy. When I lead others around me to repent and seek God, it makes him especially grumpy. And he usually seeks to pull me back down and back into the life I once had. The more that repentance occurs, the more grumpy the evil one will grow, and the more glory that is brought to God, our Creator, our true Father, and the source of all that is good, true, and beautiful. When we turn away from sin and walk into a life of righteousness, the heavenly choir rejoices. We are rewarded with peace and love in the here and now, and a place is reserved for us in the eternal, glorious kingdom, in the forever after. Nobody will be born again. No person will find a spiritual connection to their creator through their intellect alone, or through their rational or reasonable thoughts. People are saved by a change of heart, by a refocusing of their soul onto righteous things and not on the stuff of this physical environment around us. Testimonies and stories change hearts. Compassion, truth, love, peace, and the word of God are what brings people back into a righteous life and a place at the table in the eternal kingdom. Share your story. If you have been saved, share your story. Share your feelings and your experiences with others. Share how encountering Jesus changed you. Unashamed, do so without shame. And share the gospel to those who still need the salvation you now know and have. Lead them to the word to the good news that is the New Testament and the Bible in its entirety. And then let go and let God do the saving by changing their hearts. Repentance of the heart must take place for one's salvation to occur. And that repenting only occurs when one chooses to turn away from their current life of sin and chooses instead to seek the grace afforded to them by God through genuine, authentic faith in him. Go now and change your heart.
no offense to you, Acid Reflex, but I look back at me being an atheist and I feel foolish. How could I be so so silly to just reject God? You look around and you see everything. Like when you finally have eyes to see and you see God at work everywhere, you see his fingerprints on everything, not only in your life and your existence and just creation, but his plan, his beauty, his might, like everything is so amazing. <laughs> and you see and feel that God is there and God is real and he's working and he's living. Like there is a living word everywhere reverberating like just an energy just in movement and, and existence like everything is proof that god is there and it slaps us in the face you know and when you finally see it when you finally feel it you look back and you go how was i so foolish <laughs> how was i that silly that i didn't open my eyes and see and taste that you know god is there and god is good so it does, it's, it's weird. I feel foolish. I feel guilty at times for, especially for giving up on myself and for being willing to abandon my responsibilities and my relationships and for rejecting the precious gift of life that our creator chose to give me. He did not have to do it and he did it anyways. And, you know, feel foolish for just choosing to throw it all that back in his face as some sort of final rejection of him. But now, <laughs> thankfully now, I am more thankful every day for his gift, his patience, his power, his love, and his grace. I thank him every night and for every day that he decides to give me. And I obey him and serve him tirelessly, as I should, for all that he has decided to give me. And even all that he has taken away from me, I give thanks for it all. Whatever he gives me, whatever he takes away from me. I don't deserve to be here, and yet I am, you know? And I thank him for it, constantly. All of it, everything he has done for me, will do for me, has been for glorious, magnificent, good, true, and beautiful purposes. I now have a living hope, a never-ending love, a true purpose for my life, and my heart and my eyes are fixated where they belong, on the eternity that awaits us all. Entering into those gates of heaven that we all deserve to walk into when our short lives here and now are finished. I know what it is like to live in darkness. I was very familiar with the taste and the smell of evil. I was very comfortable in darkness until I wasn't. I know what it is like to live in that darkness, to be stuck in that darkness of the world, and to deny and even reject God and his right ways, which is why I am so adamant about leading people away from it and into the light, which is why you are here tonight with me, Acid Reflex. <laughs> I, like, I love that name, by the way, Acid Reflex, Acid Reflex. That's why I'm so adamant on helping you exit the darkness and enter into the light. It is there for you. It is always there for you whenever you are ready. And I am always adamant about helping people get there. Opening the eyes of the blinds to what is good, what is true, and what is beautiful, and helping them, all of them, 
you and everyone else overcome that fallen state that they are in, in this world, and entering into a never-ending life of truth and love and light and peace with our Creator. For those out there still struggling with depression and suicidal thoughts, hear it now and know forever that what you are missing currently is hope. And that thing that you can feel yourself lacking is a spiritual connection to God, the creator of everything, everywhere, including yourself. You can, and you will, return home to your Father in heaven when you choose to repent of what you have done wrong, forgive those who have done you wrong, choose to obey God and place your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength into his glorious hands. That emptiness in your heart that we both know is there (laughs) will be filled. It will be filled. Trust me, it will be filled. That emotional instability in your mind will be balanced. Those physical pains in your body will be healed or made right in time. These spiritual conflicts and spiritual battles in your soul will be overcome and the enemy will be defeated forever when you surrender yourself to the Lord our God. The worldly person is insane from the point of view of the spiritual person. The final greatest, I think just the greatest quote of the whole book. The worldly person is insane from the point of view of the spiritual person. And I'd argue vice vice versa. Someone obsessed with the physical world, this life is just blatantly, I mean, to me, it's like more and more every day, right? Like if you're truly like a spiritual person, living and walking in the spirit, the people who worship and love the stuff of this earth just become so insane to you. It's like, what are you doing? (laughs) Um, I wish I had it. Maybe I can pull it up on my phone. I wish I could put up my screen, like had it ready. But a pretty profound meme the other day. It's so deep, so simple, but so deep. Um, Let me see if I can find it real quick. Sorry. At least I have music now. (laughs) (laughs) Fill the empty void. Um, It's going to be worth it. Here we go. This world is all the hell that a true Christian is ever to endure. And it is all the heaven that unbelievers shall ever enjoy. From Jonathan Edwards. What a profound way (laughs) of thinking. This world is all the hell, is all the hell that a true Christian is ever to endure. And it is all the heaven that unbelievers shall ever enjoy. Those who walk with and for God, this time and this place you experience is the worst that's going to get for you, right? (laughs) When you die, things are going to be amazing. (laughs) It's like your life right now, the the thing we're living in right now, we are existing in and experiencing right now, This place and this time, or this time in this place, is the worst it's going to get for you. (laughs) So why would you love it? Why would you focus on it? Why would you try to do everything you can to enjoy it? Um, The here and now. 
and it is all the heaven that unbelievers shall ever enjoy. And those who do, those who are worldly people, who love the physical, who love this life with all their heart, soul, and might, and care not for God, don't believe he's real, reject him entirely, this is the greatest it's going to get for them, right? <laughs> this life of suffering, of pain, of, of sickness and death, this, life, this sinful fallen world is the greatest it's ever going to get to them. You know, they think that it, even in their minds, they just think that, you know, those people that say like there's nothing after death, then yeah, this is the greatest that it's going to be. That's why they want to be utopia builders. That's why they're always obsessed with like controlling the government, making laws, because they want to build utopia here and now. They want their best life now. YOLO, right? They want this life to be the greatest, best thing ever because they either think that there's nothing after or they know deep down <laughs> they might be ignorant to it but they're going somewhere not great after for eternity so they better enjoy this life while they can right because their eternity is either nothingness or it's damnation it's pure hell and those who live in the spirit walk in the spirit and have their eyes focused and fixed on eternity those people this life the problems in it the pain the suffering the persecution in this life that we experience here and now this is the worst it's going to get <laughs> and that divide makes people think that the other person's crazy, right? The people in this world who are like, oh, you're sacrificing all these pleasures. Like you're not having sex out of wedlock or aborting your baby or, you know, doing all these drugs and like, you know, trying to be as rich as possible and have all these pleasures all the time. Like, why would you not do that on, you know, because you, because you, because you think that there's an afterlife, because you think that there's a God in the sky or sky daddy or whatever. Like to those people that are just living in this world, a worldly person, we are crazy, right? Because we know that there's some, there, we know that there is a God that created us and we know that there's a kingdom waiting for us beyond this life and in this place. And those who are spiritual, who are walking with God and living righteously, it just seems so insane. <laughs> like, why would you just be living for this place? Don't you know eternity is going to be glorious? Like, you're going to be reconnected with your creator. Like, your true father is waiting for you in heaven. <laughs> and you're living in this world and you're enjoying this place. It's so crazy to me. It's so crazy to people who are truly spiritual and truly walking with God in a life of righteous living. Looking, it's, it's insane looking at a worldly person. So again, I'll just read his quote again. The worldly person is insane from the point of view of the spiritual person. And there's Jonathan Edwards quote again. The world is all the hell that a true Christian is to ever endure. And it is all the heaven that unbelievers shall ever enjoy. What is the gospel and how to spread it? And the gospel itself, put simply, is salvation for sinners. The gospel is simply salvation for sinners. Some questions for you to ponder, maybe answer in the chat or think about, comment on the video replay. Do you share this good news of the gospel with the people in your life? Are you truly willing to show people the truth and love that you now know and have in Jesus Christ? Do you share this good news with the people in your life? Are you truly willing to show people in your life 
the truth and love that you now know and have in Jesus Christ? Has your life been transformed? Has your life been transformed? Are you now different from the world? Are you different from the culture? Are you different from the world? Have you ever been attacked for your faith? When you publicly confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, are you or have you ever been attacked for your faith in him? Has your faith ever cost you anything? Has your faith cost you everything? <laughs> Has it cost you anything? Simon, Simon, <laughs> who became Peter, was called by Christ to be a fisher of men. He failed many times in his walk. He denied Jesus and he doubted him. But, but, he continued on in his faith and became one of the greatest disciple makers ever. Likely the greatest disciple maker ever, despite his many failures. Luke 5, 4 through 11 read, reads, When Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore left everything and followed him. They pulled their boats up on shore to become no longer fishers, fishers of fish. They left everything and followed him to become fishers of men. Are you willing to leave behind everything, everything, and follow God? Are you willing, truly, to be a fisher of people. If not, if not, let what is still holding you back be examined or questioned. And let all those who stand in your way of, the, of your walk with God and his right ways be removed from your life. Let it all be taken away from you. Remove it from your life. All that which holds you back from your faith in God and following his right ways and keeping his commandments. Go forth now. Continue on in your faith and become a fisher of 
man. Become a fisher of people. Yeah, it doesn't matter what people think or what the world thinks of you. It, all that matters is what your creator thinks of you, the relationship you have with your creator. Are you seeking God? Are you seeking your father's love? Which, I might read that again, the father's love letter, which is also pretty amazing. Are you seeking the love of your true father, your true creator, who art in heaven? Or are you seeking earthly status, earthly reputations, material stuff, temporary pleasures, the comforts of this world? Um, Because that will never, ever lead you to happiness or satisfaction or truth or love. When you seek God, when you go to God every night in prayer, every day through through his word, and just inwardly, spiritually, with the spiritual connection within you, within the temple that is your body, are you seeking God in your heart and in your soul with all your mind and all your might? Um, those dots and those stars will <laughs> definitely start to fall away. Um, yeah. And there is salvation for sinners. That is the good news. The good news of Jesus Christ, the gospels, the good news is that there is salvation for you. For all sinners, no matter what, no matter where you have been, no matter what you have done, no matter what your past is, no matter where you came from, whatever's behind you or with you right now in the moment, going forward now in the future, there is salvation, there is truth, there is love, there is peace. The the truth, the love, the peace, the good, the true and beautiful things that this world will never be able to provide you. But your maker, your Eli, your L, Eli, L, Yahweh, your creator, your maker, our God, our true God, is waiting for you to return to him and wants a spiritual connection and relationship with you because you are special. Not to the people of this world, not to the history books, but you are special because God created you exactly the way you are for exactly this life you're living at exactly this time for a special and unique reason and purpose. And, (laughs) yeah, no matter where you came from, no matter where you were, no matter where you are, you can always go forward into your father's love. Return to your father's house with a humble and obedient heart. Return to that and find the peace you'll never find on your own. Who knows what the preacher says? The church has been closed since March. I know. Caught up on one year of all the churches closing because Satan told them to. Hello everyone, good morning, good morning. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Yeah, that's my fa- that's my favorite proverb for sure. It's one of my favorite passages in, all, in the whole Bible. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Yeah. Get rid of yourself. Get rid of your inward gaze and focus upon God. Trust and rely on God. Know that he is sovereign. Know that he is good and righteous and true and beautiful. And be obedient and subservient to him. And always constantly focus your gaze upon him. And his loving eyes, his beautiful eyes will focus back. And life will be amazing. It'll be amazing. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Hey guys, yeah, send me questions and chat stuff in the chat. Or just keep talking to yourself, so that's cool too. 
someone was ranting in my Instagram stream about like white people and black people and I'm not getting into a racial debate. <laughs> so I just ended my Instagram chat. Um, so my homies here, my, my dudes, my regulars, my mods, everyone here in my chat, send me questions and topics and stuff you want to hear me talk about. But I'm going to keep moving along here. Um, one final section, then a final thought, and then we'll call it a day. Let me pick up my place here. Because this ends well. And again, if you are tuning in just now, post-jazz might be wrong. I am discussing the book The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. It's an amazing read. I think all Christians should read it. I'm going through a lot of his quotes, a lot of his themes and topics, and kind of adding my own paraphrasing, my own wording, and my own uh, thoughts kind of in between the lines here. Yeah. It's my favorite proverb. I read this before every Bible study to remind myself to put myself into the scripture. Yes. Proverbs 3, 5. It's probably one of the most important things. Be still and know God, which we just talked about, and trust in the Lord with all your heart, not your own understanding. Those are probably two of the most important things. Other than fear not, which is told to us, uh, I believe, 360 times in the Bible. <laughs> do not have fear. Do not have fear. I did not give you a spirit of fear. The Lord did not create you with a spirit of fear. All you pastors with closed churches coming up on a year of being closed and face masked. Um, the Lord did not give you a spirit of fear. And you cannot serve two masters. So ask yourself, who are you serving by closing your church and putting a mask on your face and your church member's face? Who are you serving, truly? Do not rely on your own understanding. <laughs> do not let the people of this world tell you what to do. Know and trust in your Lord. Fear not. Do not rely on your own understanding, but trust the Lord with all your heart, soul, and might. And be still and know that he is God. You know, just some really important things that God tells us. <laughs> that the living God tells us in his recorded word. Um, you know, just some of those things. There are some more important takeaways from Daniel that I want to discuss. Um, some key points here. The secular world will challenge our faith. The secular world will challenge our faith. Oh, Lordy, he clapping. He clapping. <laughs> the secular world will challenge our faith. <laughs> Living by faith in Jesus Christ is contrary to secular society. Don't get that confused. Don't, don't lie to yourself and pretend that, that, that living, truly living by faith in Christ will let you blend in and have a comfortable life in the secular world. Living by faith in Jesus Christ is contrary to secular society. He warns us and advises us and tells us about that multiple times. Christians will face pivotal moments that demand a choice. Christians will face pivotal moments that demand a choice. Are you willing to make it? Are you willing to stand up and stand strong in the face of the choice you are going to be called to make? It is through God's grace that we endure hardship for the faith. It is through God's grace that we endure hardship for the faith. Embrace the struggle. Embrace the hardship. For God's glory is worth the suffering we endure. His glory, 
Our Father's glory is worth the suffering we endure. It's worth it in the end. Push through it. Make the choice. Embrace the hardship. Embrace the suffering. Don't seek it out. <laughs> Don't take comfort and pleasure in it, but embrace it. Endure it. Push through it. Overcome it. You will be rewarded with heavenly treasures for your earthly pains. Do not allow the perception of pain or fear or future hardship stifle or corrupt your faith. Know that the suffering has a purpose in your life. Know that the suffering has a purpose in your life and in God's plan for us all. Satan has placed things in our lives and in the world to keep us from pursuing God's glory and to seek instead our own safety and our own stuff. <clears throat> you can go back to my last stream if you missed it to hear all my thoughts about satanic safety and stuff. We are tempted to choose not to do the right thing so that we can pursue doing what we ourselves think is best for us. We are often led to think temporally and materialistically instead of trusting and knowing God will protect and or reward us for our obedience and struggles in his name. Do not flee from the snares of the devil, but put on God's armor and stand your ground. Daniel and his friends were forced into Babylon to test them, to strengthen them, and use them to advance his kingdom to every corner of the world and in all the pages of history. God works in mysterious ways to remove the idols that we put in his place. God works in mysterious ways to remove the idols that we put in his place. Yeah. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 reads, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Do not flee from the snares of the devil. Put on God's armor and stand your ground. You were made to endure it. You were given the skills and the resources to endure the hardship that faces you now. Um, <clears throat> so keep in mind, keep in mind going forward that trauma is not new and life here on earth is challenging. Fact. Life here on earth is challenging. Your life has trauma and struggles in it. It's not new. Know it. Accept it. Embracing struggle and persecution and earthly trials and tribulations will make you better and lead you towards righteousness. That's, that should just be put on a plaque in your room. Whenever, so whenever you hear the words 2020, the year 2020, just remember that embracing struggle, persecution, Earthly trials and tribulations will make you better and lead you towards righteousness. Spreading the glory of God and the earthly kingdoms rules over by, ruled over by the children of Satan will be met with resistance. Walk into it confidently, knowing your final result is heavenly treasures. Walk into it 
Walk into resistance confidently, knowing your final result is heavenly treasures. Use the resources that God has placed into your life to spread his glory. Do not merely consume or worship what has been given to you. The temporary safety and stuff is to be used, not worshipped. Use the things of this world. Don't worship it. Worship God alone. For God is refining us, disciplining us, pushing us to be better constantly through the hardships and the struggles here and now. These are just temporary periods of discomfort and pain and not permanent suffering or death. Always accept God's discipline as a correction of unrighteous behavior. Be mindful in growing, building, and improving constantly. And remember always that we have his word at our disposal. We have each other and we have the Holy Spirit within us. We are going to win in the end. We are going to win in the end. <laughs> and the resources to achieve that victory are at your disposal now and always. Step confidently into your destiny as a loyal servant of your creator. All that <laughs> ranting being said, Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I lack. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And man, it's just such a deep and awesome and comforting passage. It's uh, insightful. It's inspiring. It's comforting. It's just packed such a punch. And we've really been diving deep into it. And I just want to share some of my thoughts here with you. Just the phrase, the idea that the Lord is our shepherd. I've always heard that a lot, but I never really understood it. I always thought it was kind of dumb and silly, but it really makes a lot of sense. Um, when you start to understand that we are sheep, we, these fallible human beings, these lustful pleasure-seeking, dumb, thirsty boys and EOs, <laughs> and, you know, drug-obsessed, sports-obsessed, politics-obsessed, fashion, material pleasure-obsessed people. We are just dumb sheep. We need to be herded. We need to be guided. We want to be together, but we also can be rebellious and stupid. We want to eat, but we can also just be led to eating poisons. We want to drink, but we can also go thirsty and, you know, kill ourselves by just being incompetent and stupid. Um but we are the sheep <laughs> and guys, that's not a compliment either. <coughs> oh, burpee boy and coffee boy. But uh, yeah, it's not a compliment guys being sheep, <laughs> being sheep and needing a shepherd to guide us to uh, green pastures and to water. Um, but we do need guidance. We do need protection and we'll find it in the word. You truly do find it in the word. It's insane. It's so crazy when you start to just read the Bible for the first time and you're like, whoa, I've been doing this all wrong. <laughs> I'm doing it all wrong. It's right here. It's clear. It's right there. Why Why did no one really teach me about this? I don't know why. <laughs> why did they keep this away from me? Um, but yeah, it's just true. I mean, we need, we need to look somewhere for morals, somewhere for, for just understanding about the realm we live in, the world we live in, and the people and the interactions we have. 
and how to just be happy and do good things and be productive and feel fulfilled on this planet, have meaning and purpose. He, the Lord is our shepherd. He keeps the herd together. He feeds them. He keeps them healthy. He protects them from predators. He leads his flock to green pastures, even if they are through the valley of death. Life has challenges. Life has hurdles. Life is crazy and hectic and scary, and it can be cruel at times. It can be miserable and just dark. You can find yourself in very dark, low places, but as long as you trust him and you keep walking towards him, even in the darkest shadows of the valley of death, <laughs> I don't know, you're going to come out on the other side unscathed and clean and protected and fed and you won't have thirst. Um, it's so wild. <laughs> it's so wild how true it is. Uh, but yeah, in general, I really, what I took out of it too was um, the idea of the rod and the staff. Um, the rod was like a weapon that a shepherd uses to fight off predators and also keep the, the rascal sheep in line. <laughs> Any stragglers, you know, like chuck a rod at them and uh, hit them in their hindquarters and get them to, you know, stay. <laughs> but the rod is a club used to fight off enemies and or punish the disobedient. Um, God is love, but God is also wrath and he will show it and he will keep you in line. And if you're willing to accept that, He'll lead you to the green pastures. Um, we're dumb sheep. We need to be kept in line. <laughs> but we also need to be protected from Satan. We need to be protected and shown how to be protect, how to protect ourselves from the enemy, from the, those evildoers out there. And the idea of his staff, um, if you can picture the staff, it's a long stick with a hook on the end. And the hook is used to rein back in wanderers, anyone wandering too far from the pack, leading some of the pack astray with them. He'll grab him like a hook, like a, like Sandman on the Apollo, where you grab the hook and yank him off stage. Just grab that neck and pull him back into line with the rest of the herd um, if needed. Um, and it's also a shaft that uh, shepherds will touch, almost like an extension of themselves. They'll lean and touch a sheep gently and softly with the end of his with the end of his staff. And it actually comforts the sheep, um, any scared sheep in a, in a flock, any weirdos, <laughs> any, <laughs> any little babies that need just kind of like an extra sign from the alpha that he is, he is there and he cares. Um, use the sta they use the staff to just kind of touch them and give them that acknowledgement, that little extra bit of comfort. And it brings a whole new meaning to that whole passage when you think of that. I mean, God is love. He is wrath. He will keep you in line when you're straggling, when you're, when you're wandering off. He'll also fight off predators if you call upon him and you trust in him to do so. And he'll come for you. He really will. And when you truly start to read the word and live the word and you keep the faith and you be loyal and, you, and stay hopeful, you start to really see it. It stops being words on a page. It stops being just like a word that your pastor when you're in middle school makes you memorize. Um, it really starts to be a true meaningful thing and you start to see, the re see and feel the reality of the situation. And just that it's all true. It's so wild that it's so true. In general, though, uh, the biggest conspiracy theory I see, I don't even know if it's, I think it might just be reality, is um, Satan just spreading fear, despair, anger um, in order to further distance us from God. Um, that seems to be the obvious one. The uh, <laughs> If you're looking for the who's at top of the pyramid of this, of this whole event, it's um, definitely Satan. The devil made us close our churches. 
fear our neighbors, accept government power grabs, and fight each other over toilet paper. Um, he's laughing at us. He's laughing at us, and he's looking up at God and laughing at how stupid we are. Look at your children. Look at how stupid your children are. Look how easily manipulated they are. Look at how sinful they are. And you can tell by how feared, fear, fearful of death they are. But um, the good takeaway, again, all the craziness, all the madness, all the insanity, it's like, at the end of the day, this is all going to turn out so good. <laughs> it's going to be so good for everyone. Um, even the bad, even the evil, even the sinful, like it's going to be made right for you in time too. just give it time because love is good. Anger is bad. And after all of this, I think we're going to wake up and see that. And people are going to start to realize that in their hearts, even if their mind is denying that reality, your heart after this whole thing calms down, you're going to see love is good. Anger is bad. And if you just reject the bad, you can love and be loved. And I think that's what people are going to be wanting this summer when all when our quarantines are released, when we get back to work, when we get back to just living a normal life, you're going to want to love and be loved. And it's going to be very obvious to just reject anger and reject the evil of this world. And I guess the last thing I'll say before we get into talking about Joseph, which is a similar topic, uh, fear is the virus and hope is the cure. And you can get mad at me and call me names for saying that all you want. But in a few months, you'll be agreeing with me that this whole thing, fear was the virus and the cure to it was just hope. And yeah, you can mark, you can mark that down. Write that down and, and remind me of it later. And just find the final thoughts. Remember to just refuse to join these people in their madness, right? Let the mad be mad by themselves. Don't join them in it. Let these weak men destroy themselves and do not join them. Instead, be sure to crush and provide and protect and just be fruitful and multiply through it all. <laughs> you know, the hard times, they are truly coming, but we can still be great men during and through it all, right? Again, our ancestors did it. We can do it too. And let's ensure that we create and raise the next generation of great men that will help recover and rebuild what has been lost, right? Let's be that person and let's make sure that our offspring are even better, even stronger, even more skilled, even more righteous. Because everything that has been lost can be recovered from a crumbling society to personal skills, right? From body fat that you don't want on your gut to, you know, just genuine spiritual connection to our Lord and Savior. Whatever has been lost or unwantedly gained can be recovered, can be shed. And all that has been lost can surely be found. What has been lost, those who are lost, can still be found. There is still time for all to return to their Lord, surrender their hearts, souls, minds, and all their strength to him and become reunited with the one who made us for eternity. Let all the fools keep being foolish and the mad keep spreading their madness and just do not join them in it. Refuse to participate in it. Fixate your eyes on the eternity where you belong in the glorious kingdom of our creator and not just becoming some cog in the beast system. <laughs> you know, 
enjoying those silly little pleasures and comforts and stuff and whatnot in the short temporary life that we have here and now. Fixate those pretty little eyes of yours slap <laughs> on the eternity that is to come. You will obey God or you will suffer the consequences. Remember that. Know that. Understand that. You will obey God. You will. Or you will suffer the consequences. Adam's punishment included the increased difficulty of his work. The days of his life in this place would be numbered and he would return to the dust that formed him originally. He would encounter death and eternal damnation due to his unforgiveness, his unbelief, and his disobedience. He and all the men that followed from him would be forced to struggle on this earth in their work, which is promised to be not enjoyable or easy. Men will now be in constant battle with creation for survival. Where are my dudes at? <laughs> Is that true? Where are my dudes at? You know? Can I get an amen in the chat? <laughs> Although the devil does not tempt us exactly as the serpent tempted Eve, he still walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Rather than yielding to the temptations placed before us, we must resist him steadfast in faith we will be tempted in the same three areas he utilized to tempt eve but thankfully we do not have to yield there will always be a way of escape we simply have to seek it there is always a chance offered to all to end their rebellion against god and avoid the death deserving of such behaviors. It is found in repentance, forgiveness, faith, and obedience to the one who deserves it, <clears throat> to our authority. Hell literally came to earth in the form of a serpent, and because of Adam and Eve's choices, creation became cursed. But the good news is that Jesus is the slayer of serpents the conqueror of death, the light for the lost, the sight for the blind, the savior for the fallen, and he reigns and rules over all creation, then, now, and forevermore. The solution to our sin problem is found in the sacrifice of the one who was perfect, and we must strive to serve and obey and correct and forgive and love like he did. Useful idiots, the subverters, the destroyers, the breakers, the rebels are used by Satan. Useful idiots used by Satan ultimately to tear down what is good, true, and beautiful. We are seeing this play out right now in front of our eyes in our present day these rebels are systematically destroying the West and civilization as a whole. They seek to replace the tried and true methods of the Western world with the unknown methods of satanic freedom, manipulating people's emotions and feelings to bring about radical changes to the established order. 
using anger and fear to convince people to destroy their own communities and even themselves. Destroy their own communities and even themselves. The goal of the true enemy of humanity is to destroy and then to keep destroying. And then after that, carry on destroying. They seek to undo what is good, true, and beautiful and replace it with emptiness, falsehoods, forgeries, cheap imitations, ugliness, and darkness. They do the job of Satan in destroying the works of godly people. They seek to destroy creation and erase goodness. You can see the destruction when you examine our reality with clear, open, spiritual eyes. You can see how our architecture, our culture, our art, our law and order, our actual health, our actual love and happiness has just diminished over the years as these destroyers and demonic rebels slowly take over society, political and religious institutions, and just in general take over our population. They don't stop. They will never stop. freezing my freezing online they don't stop they will never stop and we must know who they are and what their goal is and what the consequences of their attempted victory is in order to stop them god wins in the end but for us in our right here's and right now's we must resist the forces of evil and stand up against the wickedness plaguing our civilization we were put right here in these lives and in these scenarios to test us, to strengthen us, prepare us, and ultimately lead us to where we need to go and who we need to become. We have evils and wickedness before us and all around us, active and gaining ground. And it is not by accident or random chance, but in order to make us worthy inheritors of a glorious eternal kingdom we must earn our place do not go down cowardly waiting for someone else to save you go down fighting for what is good true and beautiful with the truth and the love of the one who already saved you with his eternal glorious sacrifice the spiritual battle has been taking place for a very long time and it will continue to take place long after you're gone. But while you are here in the midst of it all, be one who fights for God and not one who rebels against him. Choose to wear his armor, stand up and speak out against wickedness, and walk forward into your destiny as a member of the glorious eternal kingdom, following a life here and now of victories in the name of Jesus Christ. I just need to remind y'all, <laughs> just a reminder, I am a former little boy, uh, physically and spiritually. A weak and broken little male who lacked God in his life and in his heart, and thus lacked truth and love by default. I used to think I knew what was good, true, and beautiful, but it was all just the emotions and the lies that Satan and his fallen minions you know, just manipulate us into believing are virtuous, meaningful, and good. You live a lie. You just live a lie in death. 
I conform to the people and the things of this world and place my trust and my life into pleasures and dreams, just living in fantasies and for temporary highs. I lied, I cheated, I took shortcuts and easy routes. I sought pleasure and avoided pain at all times, regardless of the cost. I was a slut maker who used women as objects to pleasure me, a pure slut maker. And in between those enormous mistakes, those very regrettable endeavors I, I uh, partook in, I became addicted to porn and drugs. You know, when you're not getting the release of all of your sexual conquests or whatever you want to call them, the notches on your bedpost, in between you have to fill that emptiness with something. And I, uh, you know, like every young male <laughs> in our generation, was just led to porn and drugs to temporarily, temporarily satisfy those flush urges. You know, there's alcohol, marijuana, shrooms, acid, whatever I can get my hands on, um, put in my mouth or in my lungs, all in an attempt to just fill the emptiness that lived inside my heart. Um, an emptiness that I know very much now can only be filled with uh, the presence and the love and the truth of our creator, our real father. I used to seek all sorts of physical solutions to my spiritual problems, and once I finally returned to our true father, our creator, and accepted his son, his only son, as my teacher, my leader, my redeemer, and my salvation, I was able to easily and thoroughly overcome my brokenness, my shame, my past evils, and sin. Excuse me. I once was lost, but now am found. <laughs> Truly. So truly. And I went from being a weak and broken little gamma male to a righteously masculine warrior of God. A man with a purpose, with meaning, true love in his heart, genuine happiness, real hope, and an amazing destiny ahead of him. I want to encourage all others out there watching or listening now, stuck in that fallen state, or still wrestling with their emotional instability, or suffering in their spiritual separation, that it is possible and inevitable to return to God in all his right ways if you seek. If, if, <laughs> if and yet, two of my favorite new words to use. In so many ways for such profound reasons, but if you are willing to finally and genuinely humble yourself, repent of your wrongdoings, Forgive all those who have wronged you or led you astray in the past, especially all of your earthly parents and your siblings and your grandparents. And then you choose to return to and place your trust in the hands of your true father now and forevermore. Um, I promise, I promise you that you will become the man that you were created to be and you will find the peace, the truth, and the love that nobody and no thing can give you. It is never too late. It is never too late. And if you want to talk about it, hit me up um, in private. <laughs> Just send me a letter to my P.O. box. The info for that is in the show notes or on my website. and Or just hit up my DMs on Instagram or Bertari Times app if you're on that. I have a handful of pen pals who have been inspired by my streams in the past. And or who have just come across me on like social media or sought me out just generally for advice in person. 
And I have shown them the light and the life of our Savior. I have, I have shown them the light that God has given me. Um, and all thanks be to God, not me. God uses me to show them the life and the light and the way. And some of these people have also inspired me. Um, I'm always available and open to discipling others or just being discipled myself. So reach out to me. Again, P.O. Box is in the show notes. And, you know, DMs are on Sean V. Planner on Instagram. Um, send me a message on Telegram or Bertaria Times app. If you, if you need help or advice or you want to help me or give me advice. I overcame. I overcame. I've helped others overcome. And I can help you or those you know as well overcome. But it is not me or any other earthly man that will ever or can ever truly save you. No man, no teacher, no preacher, no vlogger, no blogger, no pen pal, <laughs> no peer, no friend, no foe, no boomer or zoomer, no man or woman will ever save you. Only you can do that by putting your faith into Jesus Christ, who was sent to save you by our Heavenly Father. Only you can seek God from within. But true men of God, who have been found by Him, submitted to Him, trust in Him, repent before Him, and seek to serve Him, those men will always be ready and able and willing to help you find your way. They'll lead you to the man that will save you. Um, so put, faith, put your faith in no man, but let the men around you guide you back to the one you should put your faith in. Our culture, our society, our nation, our environment, our peers, our family, our friends, um, all of them, they do not want or cannot permit a truly biblical man. When you seek to become a truly biblical man, you will face pushback from the world. They do not want or cannot permit a truly biblical man, for he is a threat to the beast system. Men of God are a disruption to the males of this world and their fancy, comfortable, easy, short lives. Just as Daniel was a threat to Babylon, just as followers of the way were threats to the Roman Empire, um, the biblically mature man of God is a genuine threat to Satan, to his fallen soldiers, and the system that he rules over in this realm we call earth. Seek to become a master of the Bible. Yeah, as this meme says. Meme on the screen for the audio listeners. The world offers you comfort, but you were not made for comfort. You were made for greatness. You were made for greatness. Seek to become a master of the Bible. Seek to be walking with God and living in all his right ways. If you want to tear down the temporary kingdoms of man, or disrupt the beast system, or fight back against Satan and his schemes, become a biblically skilled master of faith, a follower of Christ, and a man who belongs to God only. Become sound in faith. Walk with God. Stand your ground in the face of all the enemies of righteousness. Victory is yours through Jesus' sacrifice. 
The victory is yours. Are you going to give up ground? Are you willing to lose and abandon your ground? You only have ground to lose and a soul to abandon. The victory is already yours. Go now, regardless of where you are or have been, and become the head of your family, a leader in your community, a resource to your nation, and a master of your own soul. One that is no longer a slave to sin, but a child of the one almighty God, your true father. Be strong, be brave, have passion only for the advancement of God's kingdom. Follow the teachings and ways of his son, Jesus Christ. Know your Bible. Walk obediently down his narrow road into the narrow gates of his kingdom. The world offers you comfort, but you were not made for comfort. You were made for greatness. But this one is awesome. It's called the Father's Love Letter. An intimate message from God to you. The words you are about to read are true, and they will change your life if you let them. This letter comes from the heart of God to tell you that he loves you. That he is the father you've been looking for all your life. The father you've been looking for all your life. The emptiness in that void in your heart that you've been looking to fill with material pleasures, <laughs> comforts, um, imaginations, whatever it is. That emptiness inside of you is the father that you've been looking for all your life. The promises God makes in these words from the Bible are directed to his children, those who have placed their trust in God's Son, Jesus, as their Savior. And the good news is, you too, you too, can become a child of God. Be sure to read the last page of this pamphlet to find out more. <laughs> Again, this is an intimate message from God to you. My child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I am familiar with all your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered. You were made in my image. In me you live and move and have your being. For you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You were not a mistake, for all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your, in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who do not know me. I am not distant and angry, but am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you, simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father 
Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand. For I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts toward you are as countless as the sand on the seashore and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you, for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul, and I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me, and I will give you the desires of your heart. For it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could ever possibly imagine. For I am your greatest encourager. I am also the father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day I will wipe away every tear from your eyes and I will take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your father and I love you even as I love my son, Jesus. In him, my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I loved that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son, Jesus, you receive me. And nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home. Come home. And I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father and will always be father. My question is, will you be my child? I am waiting for you. I am waiting for you. (laughs) Whew. <laughs> Isn't that just amazing? <laughs> Vivian on Vivian Gano on Instagram says, Oh, I love this. This is great to wake up to. Yes. Hope all is well, Viv. Hope all is well. Keep raising that son. Keep raising that son to be a legend and a crusher. Um, raising to be righteously masculine. Um, with noble manhood in his heart and in his mind. And he will be a crusher someday soon. So shout out Viv. Thank you for tuning in. The last page. Yeah. Last page of the pamphlet. It's an awesome pamphlet. I'm going to read it again eventually on a stream. Don't don't worry. <laughs> You'll hear this again. And I'll clip this and put it on my, on my clips page channel. But um, so finding our way home. We were born cut off from God because of our sin. But God the Father made a way for us to come home through his Son. 
Jesus bore upon himself the weight of our sin, nailing it to the cross so that we could be born into his family. Jesus is the way to the Father. His resurrection to life from the dead signaled the victory for us. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Will you receive his gift? Tell God that you trust in his Son. The words below can help you express your thoughts for God. As I put this meme up, which is amazing. Father, I know I can't save myself, and I know you've promised to save those who repent and put their faith in Jesus alone. I trust you to forgive my sins so that I may receive eternal life. Thank you for sending your son to die in my place and make my salvation possible. I'm going to read that again. That's amazing. Father, my father, my true father who art in heaven, I know I can't save myself, and I know you've promised to save those who repent and put their faith in Jesus alone. I trust you to forgive my sins so that I may receive eternal life. Thank you for sending your son to die in my place and make my salvation possible. Amen. <laughs> Amen. God's word is powerful. So powerful, clearly. It is the light in this dark world and all those who are not blinded by their sins and all those who are not spiritually broken can see clearly when they come in contact with the word power the truth the beauty and the goodness of it it happened to me <laughs> it happened to me a former non-believer who thought that the bible was a joke that all religions were used by rich people to control poor people i thought god was a fairy tale and that this life in this world was all that there is and then i began reading the new testament for the first time and it was just over <laughs> just over i couldn't stop reading it I couldn't stop knowing it. I couldn't stop pursuing God in all his right ways as soon as I looked upon the word. And I knew it had just been written on my heart from the beginning, from before my beginning. It was written on my heart. God knew me when he knit me in the womb and that the truth was truly inside of me all along. And that our true father in heaven was just waiting for me to overcome my fallen state and return to him spiritually all along. Waiting to repent of all my sins and all my wrongdoings to confess my faith in him and in his son, to forgive those around me who have done me harm or have done wrong in the world, and just walk into a path of righteousness in and with God and a life dedicated to just bringing him all the glory. It all started when my eyes laid upon the word. The truth was revealed inside of my heart. My eyes became fixated on eternity, and that will never stop. That will never stop. I was blinded by my sins and living in darkness, but encountering the light through his word was all I needed and what everyone needs to overcome, to be born again, and enter into the eternal kingdom that we all truly belong in, our real home. Those who encounter Christ become profoundly different. Those who cannot see or refuse to entirely are left to suffer and die in this world. Those who lay their eyes on the Bible 
and who place their hearts, souls, and minds into the hands of their Creator are saved from the punishment of their sins and welcomed into the eternal kingdom. That is truly some good news that is worthy of real rejoicing. And the Chinese are getting it. <laughs> they are finding God, they are following Him, worshiping Him, and they are crushing right now. But you won't really hear about it on your screens or in the media or much at all online or on social media, but the Chinese are getting it and they are crushing. And to Green Apostle in the chat who's asking me what the Bible, what the gospel is and sent me an Instagram DM already um, and apparently has already watched my video of my, of my testimony called Transformation on my pages. Um, he asked, let me see here. Why should I believe the Gospels? You should believe the Gospels because of the truth of your reality. It's the truth of your Creator. It's the truth of who you are, what your purpose is, what your meaning is, what you are to do, and the destiny that lays before you when you just believe. Those who encounter Christ become profoundly different. And that is the Gospel. The Gospel is the good news that Christ has come to touch us, to be with us to live in us and through us, to provide us with the truth that we need. And I say it all the time, my mentor tells it very simply, the gospel is salvation for sinners. You are a sinner, you were born into a fallen state, and you lived a sinful life because you didn't know better. It wasn't your fault, but it happened. And when you're finally ready to overcome all the suffering that comes with that, <laughs> you know, you might be enjoying some temporary pleasures and some temporary relaxation and what have you, material rewards, social rewards, um, earthly benefits in your here and now in your life, but you're gonna suffer if you aren't already, if you aren't aware of it already because of your fallen state, because of your sinful nature. And when you're ready to truly overcome that, God is waiting there for you to provide you with the salvation you need when you put your place, when you put your faith into God, when, you, when your heart truly is placed into the hands of God, um, you will be saved. Salvation will be afforded to you by the grace of God, your creator, your true creator, and the one who has a kingdom waiting for you after this life, for your soul inside of your physical body to return to one day. So I'll read it again, because that's awesome. Those who encounter Christ become profoundly different. Those who cannot see or refuse to see entirely are left to suffer and die in this world. Those who lay their eyes on the Bible and who place their hearts, souls, and minds into the hands of their Creator are saved from the punishment of their sins and welcomed into the eternal kingdom. And that is the good news that is the gospel. And then he asks after, he says, I watched the video, so yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Hope you're learning a lot right now and getting inspired. <laughs> if you have any more questions, hit me up. But he also asks, can you, can ask what you think about the age of the earth? And yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think God is the only one who knows the exact year, but I think it's relatively new. It's not billions and billions and trillions of years old or whatever. It's probably like 10,000 years or less, our time. Um... But I don't know. At the end of the day, I don't know. It's not that important to me. I know that the Bible is the truth. It's so clear when you open, when you when you read it. When you're no longer blinded by your sins and your eyes lay upon God's word for the first time, and you start to truly soak it in, 
you start to see all the lies that exist around you, all the lies of the scientists and the kings and the rulers of this earth, um, all the humans around you, <laughs> all the fallen people in a fallen living in a fallen state around you. You start to see the lies for what they are. So I don't necessarily know exactly what it is, but it's relatively new compared to what <laughs> the sinners will tell you, uh, how old and crazy it is, how crazy big the universe is and how old it is. Christopher Shade, I think it's Shade or Shad, C-S-C-H-A-D-E, Shade, Shade, <laughs> sorry if I'm butchering your name, um, says the kings conspire and God laughs. You are following the heart of God with your laughter. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. That's why meme wars are good. God laughs. Yes. He says, epic hat. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's an actual real rice farmer hat. It's not like a little Halloween costume. It's pretty intense. It's like actually woven pretty well. Can't see it. My camera got real orange when I painted my, uh, when I finally got around to painting my, uh, the thing, the wood thing behind me. So the hue is weird, but this is actually pretty light. It's pretty awesome. Based answer, the gospel is the truth and it's good. Yes, it is. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amazing. Amazing. God is doing amazing things in the hearts of those who put their faith in him. Great apostle, when you're ready, <laughs> when you're ready to believe that Bible and uh, put your heart in to his hands and place your faith in him um, amazing things will happen you will not suffer anymore life won't be easy <laughs> it'll actually probably be more challenging more difficult more chaotic but you'll be you'll have peace truth and love in your heart and all challenges all struggles all turmoil all conflict you'll be a walk in the park <laughs> you'll enter into a kingdom an internal kingdom of bliss and love and peace and rest in the ever after. When you put your faith in a government or in your safety, in your stuff, your pleasures, in all your false idols, then God will let you just suffer and die. It seems to be easier to place your trust in the Lord, truly surrender to and obey and serve the Lord when he is all you have left. When you are struggling and suffering and lost and persecuted and forgotten by the world around you, it seems easier then for people to give their hearts to God. But you don't have to be broken and beaten to do so. You don't have to be. These people in China are much more on fire for God and dedicated to live in his light under real persecution than most Christian Americans today who seem to be living for their safety, their pleasures, their stuff, their own lives here and now, and not living with eyes fixated on eternity, not living with intention to enter into God's kingdom in the forever after. As John MacArthur suggests in that clip, the weakness, the shallowness, the hypocrisy, the brokenness of the church in America is because of a lack of cost to being a Christian. There's no price to pay. There's no need to follow Jesus because most so-called Christians are comfortable, they are safe, they are satisfied, they have been victorious, 
they have good lives and it would all change all of it would go away if we were to actually face persecution the quote i'm not allowed on twitter anymore or i can't post my thoughts on facebook persecution <laughs> not i'm not allowed you know in best buy without a mask on persecution or you know, not my insurance companies and my governments have threatened to take away the money and the tax breaks from our churches if we closed our doors. Uh, <laughs> or so we closed our doors and went to only live streaming type of persecution. Yeah, not that fake phony persecution, that material possession persecution, but actual, real, costly persecution. Real challenges and real struggles that make people realize that this world is not our real home. And that the things and the stuff and the feelings of our right here's and our right now's are temporary and not worth losing our souls and our eternities over. We must refix our eyes on eternity. We must only live in this world right now and not live for this world. We must truly worship truly trust and truly serve the one who created us, who sustains us, who forgives us, who gives us peace, and who gives us love. We must return to God like the millions, the tens and hundreds of millions of Christians in China are doing right now. Right now, China is crushing 